Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Tell you what, let me explain. It's free. Free. Nothing. Nada. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone. Yeah, your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, many, many more. Uh, and I'll tell you, the distribution is fantastic. You can make money from your podcast. Yes, money. Yes, you can make money with zero or no minimum listenership. Pausing for dramatic effect. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So, I tell you what, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started and do it now. Now, go, 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 do it now. Go. Attention, all internet. Put the children in their cages. Shoot your pets. Yank grandmother's plug. Put down your crack pipe. It's time for Very Good, Very Quick. Welcome to Very Dark, Very Quick. I am Mike, as always, and with me is Aaron. Aaron here. What's up? Aaron, this week we're talking about something that uh, I think can be very scary to a lot of people. Uh, the singularity. Ooh, yeah, that is scary. What strikes me is that I think people are scared of this thing to begin with, but part of it is because these guys make it scary. So when you're talking about Ray Kurzweil, when you're talking about him, you're talking about any, any of the engineers that like to talk about the singularity, it's always this frightening thing. I guess when you start talking about how the thing is, is going to uh, envelop the human race and then eliminate it because it doesn't need it, and maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but uh, that could be a little scary, but uh, it's always this weird science fiction-y, you know, dystopian future thing, um, which I don't remember it being that way before the Matrix. Well, it's you can kind of go either way. I mean, it depends on your outlook on it. There are certainly people that, that do see it as a dystopia, but there's also people that think it'll be more of a utopia. And I am kind of one of those people. But we'll get to that. Well, see, for me, I think you're already kind of there anyway. Um, you know, what was it, 20 years ago? I mean, we didn't have these phones connected to us all the time. I mean, what's the next logical step? It's in your hand or it's attached to you and then it's possibly part of your being. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you that I wouldn't buy one of those things if they replaced a tooth in my head and made it a phone. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm talking about. As technology keeps getting better and better, we we kind of don't notice that it's getting as important to us as it is. It's kind of sneaky 
technology. You know, it, it kind of creeps up on you. Like, what what do you think would happen if you uh, if all the cell phone networks just died all at once? We would be fucked. Oh, yeah. Society oh. would crumble. Oh yeah, everything would everything would fall apart. We'd be we'd be at each other's throat in a minute. Something so simple like that. We're kind of heading off into these new directions with technology, where we're actually interfacing man and machine. Uh, you know, a human brain with a computer brain, basically. It's happening right now, and these are the things that you really got to kind of watch out for. But do you? I mean, do you really have to watch out for it? Or are we just kind of, we're going to accept it like a EULA anyway? That's It's kind of a philosophical question, isn't it? Whether a machine could ever actually kind of be human, you know? Yeah. Because that's yeah. kind of what it what it boils down to, right? Humans becoming machines, becoming one with machine. That's kind of the end goal for this whole singularity thing. That is the singularity. You know, we should probably, like, define the singularity for the people out there that don't know. The singularity is a future period in which technological change will be so rapid and its impact so profound that every aspect of human life will be irreversibly transformed and humans will become indistinguishable from machines. That's basically Ray Kurzweil's way of uh, explaining it. And he is kind of the guy to go to, Ray Kurzweil. He's your go-to guy on the singularity. He might be a bit of a crackpot for sure. But everybody that's anyone in science news has talked about him or interviewed him. Um, you know, he did an interview with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson kind of shit all over him, too, which was kind of painful to watch. But he did kind of come around in the end. But I, I think that Kurzweil is probably going to be right on a lot of this stuff. But I don't think he can see into the future. This guy seems to be very specific with his claims of what the singularity is, when it's going to happen. He's put a date on this thing. The singularity is supposed to happen in 2029. That's when we will reach the singularity. That seems pretty quick. That is pretty quick. That's coming right up, man. We have driverless cars now, Mike. Yeah, that's a thing. It's like a thing I, that's happening and it's real. And that seems like a slippery slope to singularity, right? Well, maybe maybe it's a slippery slope, but it's, it's not... Uh, I mean, I'm not becoming my car. I'm not becoming an Autobot um, or vice versa. So I don't know that that's even a singularity thing to me. I don't even think of it that way. I think of it, and maybe that's what you're talking about. Maybe that's why people will accept it so much, because I don't really think of it that way. I just think of it as something I don't have to do anymore. And when I say slippery slope, I don't mean to say that I think that it's a bad thing, but it is an indication that we're headed in that direction. And we totally are. I totally think we are. Oh, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that at one point, you know, it'll be indistinguishable uh, to tell where we stop and the machine begins. But I think a blind man could see that. Um, and I'm not so sure that Kurzweil has a whole hell of a lot to do with that. In in watching his movie, he just comes off as a dipshit. I mean, I, I just I didn't I didn't like the man at all. It was it was just this masturbatory. I'm Ray Kurzweil, and this is my story, and, and lo- robots love me. That's that's kind of the way it felt. You <laughs> Did know? he say robots love him? <laughs> they, they, you know, at some point there's going to be some footage of him fucking a Roomba. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, the whole thing starts with him like in his attic making this robot uh, paper puppet. And putting on a little puppet show for himself, and I thought, well, Are you okay. Me? See, I haven't no, seen this. Keep I'm going, not, please. I'm not kidding you, because as it goes, 
it shows, you know, how he progressed and he started getting into science. And, and I'm still not sure he's a real scientist, but he starts getting into science and he eventually gets into AI and builds this. Basically, it's a text to speech engine. And I don't even know that he built it. He just knew how to use it. So really, that just means he knows how to type into a Word doc. I'm trying to find his credentials. It's a bit difficult to pin. That's what I'm saying. I don't down. think the guy's a real fucking scientist. <laughs> On Wikipedia, which I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and take at face value over his website, says American author, inventor, and futurist. Nowhere in there does it say scientist. Nothing. He's a futurist. He's a futurist. Well, so is the chick at the fair who can tell your fortune. I'm sure that's not the same thing, but I don't know enough about the subject to dispute you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she believes in the singularity. And now, Mr. Dr. Science, PhD. Hello, fellow science geeks. This is Mr. Dr. Science, PhD. Would you like to play a game? I get asked a lot about the rise of artificial intelligence, the potential rule of our robot overlords, and technological singularity. What do you think will happen? Are there really three laws all robots must obey? Will we really need to save John Connor? Let me tell you, this idea of technological singularity and the thought that machines will get smarter is very puzzling. Not only are we building faster machines with greater hardware, but we are building very strong algorithms to perform complex calculations. This AI and these machines will adapt to complex situations. Now what is to say that this intelligence will not supersede past human intelligence? I find it fascinating and scary at the same time. We like to fancy the idea that we are the supreme beings of intelligence in this universe. Let's look at the benefits of a runaway artificial superintelligence, shall we? 1. Maybe it will help us solve medical mysteries such as cancer, which I am pretty sure already has a cure, but we will not see it because investors are making way too much money stringing us along. 2. Maybe we are missing some discoveries about our universe, or maybe what we once thought correct is disproven by a more precise instrument. 3. It would just be friggin' cool on a sci-fi geek's dream to have an AI robot pal, wouldn't it? So, whether you believe in the idea that artificial intelligence can go past the limit of human mind and keep growing or not, the reality is that we are influenced by this concept of singularity and the path towards it with every single Google search. And frankly, it is time we stop seeing our species as the end-all be-all of intelligence. There is so much we do not understand, and the smarter we make AI, the smarter the computers will become. For us. Trust me, folks. I know what I'm talking about. I have an honorary PhD from the University of Denmark. Well... You know, as soon as I turn in that last crossword puzzle. Anyway, whether you like it or not, Pal and Donovan are toiling away at field testing new robots in practical situations, and David is already playing games of war on his dial-up modem. Do we resist or embrace the idea that something can be smarter and solve problems faster than we can? Yeah, so do you want to hear what Ray Kurzweil has to say about Ray Kurzweil on yes, RayKurzweil.com? Yes. <laughs> yes. Ray Kurzweil says, Ray Kurzweil is one of the world's leading inventors, <laughs> thinkers, and futurists with a 30-year track record of accurate predictions called The Restless Genius mm. by The Wall Street Journal and The Ultimate Thinking Machine by himself, no, by Forbes magazine, <laughs> Kurzweil was selected as one of the top article. entrepreneurs by Inc. magazine. That's INC magazine, not mm -hmm. not the tattoo right. magazine. Not the tattoo magazine. <laughs> Which but he's been in that also. Yeah, well, I'm sure he has. He's, uh, he's been described as the rightful heir to Thomas Edison. 
Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that brings up a point though. Do you think people thought of Thomas Edison like this? I mean, I'm thinking at least Thomas Edison goes, "Look, I invented this thing." Oh yeah, no, you're probably right, but I don't know that this guy necessarily <laughs> stacks up. PBS said he is one of the 16 revolutionaries who made America. The singularity guy. <laughs> the Why? singularity guy. Why is... Because he started saying it 20 years ago. That's all. Here's a fun fact about Ray Kurzweil. Um, according to Ray Kurzweil, Ray Kurzweil was the principal inventor of the first CCD flatbed scanner, yeah. the first omni-font optical character recognition, which is what you were talking about earlier, right? When I, when I hear you say OCR, though, I'm just thinking, you know, I scan it in and it, it knows the letters. So he invented that shit? That's kind I of, don't, that's kind of cool. That's what he says on RayKurzweil.com. That's what he says. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Whatever company he was working for at the time, I'm sure, says it was theirs. Yeah, it's kind of like the guy who invented Velcro. Right, right. Uh, I invented Velcro. Fuck you. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. 3M did. So he also invented the first print-to-speech reading machine for the blind, the first text-to-speech synthesizer, first music synthesizer capable of recreating the grand piano and other orchestral instruments. I wonder if this guy invented that thing Peter Frampton was using the electric didgeridoo <laughs> that is what that is isn't it it's <laughs> nothing it more than an electric didgeridoo <laughs> it's pretty much it <laughs> okay great yeah uh no no he is not credited with inventing that sorry so basically this guy's all about uh synthesizing speech apparently that's mm. his background yeah. that was what he did in that silly documentary slash uh dramedy that he put out um you know he basically invented that speech engine or, or was near somebody who did the speech engine and then all of a sudden the girl was real it was it was kind of like pinocchio well i'll so, have to check that out you know you don't have to <laughs> so on the uh, singularity hub which is singularityhub.com for anybody who wants to look that up uh they have some stuff about ray kurzweil and his predictions they've got uh, what he's gotten right over the last 25 years nowhere on this page does it list the things he's gotten wrong but it does list the things he's gotten right a couple of them are uh he in 1990 and then they have in parentheses 25 years ago he predicted a couple of things uh that a computer would defeat a world-class chess champion okay well yeah, i think anybody happened. could have anybody near ibm could have told you that pcs would be capable of answering queries by accessing information wirelessly via the internet by 2010 I think he's talking about Siri. That happened? Okay. Yeah. By the early 2000s, exoskeletal limbs would let the disabled walk. That happened? Right. They're doing that, which I think is cool. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, 90, in 99, he predicted that people would be able to talk to the computer to give commands by 2009. Missed that by a few years, but he got it. Uh, computer displays would be built into eyeglasses for augmented reality. He, again, missed it by a couple of years. Uh, in 2005, he said that by the 2010s, virtual solutions would be able to do real-time language translation. Okay. The next thing they graduate to is his predictions for the next 25 years. And so I'm hoping that maybe this uh, will tell us you know, what we've got to look forward to. Glasses will beam images directly onto the retina. Awesome. Uh, I'm so tent. down for that. that that's yeah. one of those sci-fi innovations that I've just been waiting for for Ever since I saw, uh, I think I saw it on Blade Runner. Was it Blade Runner? Yeah, yeah, I think it's Blade Runner. I'm ready for in, that singularity. But in Blade Runner, didn't they also use CDs still? Or some kind of compact disc type? But those didn't exist yet when that was made. So that was kind of futurist too, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, by 2020s, 
uh, most diseases will go away. See, now I've got a question about this. Okay, so you know all those guys that had their bodies frozen? Do you remember? When did Disney do it? Maybe early 60s. Well, it it was kind of a fashionable thing for really rich people to have themselves frozen until a cure was found for their diseases, cancer, stuff like that. So what happens if we cure like all disease, you know, we eradicate all these harmful pathogens and viruses and all that shit out there, just get rid of it. And then some asshole goes out and like thaws one of these dudes out 20,000 years from now. And it just starts this super bug infection. It's it's like a common cold for us but we're just so far beyond that we're not ready for it and it just wipes out civilization well that again is one of those unintended consequences you know you you people always do these things that they think are great but they don't take into consideration the consequences that follow so even as something as simple as going to uh, like when you're out driving and there's a four-way stop if you stop and somebody else stops uh just a couple seconds behind you well you've really got the right of way But if you wait just to be polite, you know, and let the other person go, well, the unintended consequences of that is the people behind you are waiting. The people behind them are waiting. It just sets off this whole chain. And that's the same thing with any – can you imagine anything scientific that way? You cure this one thing, and the unintended consequence is, well, that one little thing that we never worried about anymore got us all. Yeah, and you know, that's kind of one of those things. And this is a little off – a bit off subject, but mosquitoes. Everybody hates them. Fuck a bunch of mosquitoes. Wouldn't it be so awesome to just get rid of them? Science can do that, but they're scared of what might happen if they do. I'm almost Mm -hmm. willing to just accept whatever consequences. Wouldn't it be great if they were just gone? No, because there's certain certain birds that feed uh, primarily on those. And I mean, can't they eat something else? No. Can't they they just eat something else? Their bodies are not set. Their bodies are not set up to do that. Unintended consequences. You get rid of that bird, then that thing that feeds on that bird goes hungry, and then that thing disappears, and then all of a sudden we're attacked by giant ants. Well, I guess I see your point. You know, (laughs) that's a different possible horrible future for us. If it's not the singularity, it's going to be giant ants. And now, Information Skirmish with Alice Crohn's. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you, folks. The robots are going to kill us all. Every man, woman, child, puppy, and frog is going to be ground into paste and used as food for the few humans that are lobotomized and used as slaves for our robot overlords. Wake up, sheeple. The robots already run the government. They're just luxuriously watching from their private planes as the singularity slowly seeps into our everyday lives, creeping around the back door of humanity. Yeah, the liberal media said that the robots would be a miracle. They said robots would cook our food, order our pizza, cure us of diseases. Well, guess what, people? I have a polyp the size of a walnut that says it ain't happening. Wake up. Man becoming machine? More like man becoming machines slaves. Don't fall for it, people. Wake up. We're all tied up in the spider's web, people. We're down the gopher hole. Wake up. I'm up in a tree, naked in a nest. I'm a little bird, people. Wake up. My mama chews my food up and spits it in my mouth. Listen, folks, my court-ordered psychiatrist said there's no way this would happen. He said, 
if the government is really as evil as you say, and you really are right about all the things that you are accusing them of, then wouldn't they have just had you killed already? Wake up, folks! That's exactly the kind of thing a robot would say, with all of its book smarts and liberal knowledge. That's why I have his robotic head in my briefcase. I won't be a flunky for the robotic, reptilian, globalist, sycophantic, Marxist, Orwellian, ambidextrous, sadomasochistic... Uh, and then he says, normal human eating can be replaced by nanosystems. Yeah. Hell yeah. Basically, really? they're going to synthesize your nutrition from inside your body. Man, I'm all for that. That's some. But, but didn't the Jetsons predict that? Did the Jetsons predict that? They just ate the little pills, right? We're talking about nanobots. But then don't you take away the, the enjoyment of eating, the, the satisfaction you get, the mouthfeel, all that stuff? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's the trade-off. But what if we could program carbon nanotubes to uh, make oxygen for us and put it where it needs to be so that we don't even have to worry about breathing? Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> no, See, I'm all because about then this some of, I guess some of our organs just dry up and we don't have them anymore. Is it like a prehensile tail that just goes away at some point? Nah, man, the nanobots, they'll take care of all of it, dude. The nanobots can do everything. Didn't you know but that? But that's what I'm saying. If we're not, if we don't, we don't need our lungs. Are you saying they provide the oxygen for our lungs? Sure. Whatever you want, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your nanotech guy? This says uh, non-biological intelligence will be a billion times more capable than biological intelligence, a.k.a. us. It already Nano is. Nanotech foglets. Now, I don't know what that is. We'll be able to make food out of thin air. Oh, I guess uh, just flying in the air. Uh, we'll be able like to a make swarm of nanobots. Food. Yeah, they'll be able to make food out of thin air and create any object in physical world at a whim. Like the replicators on Star Trek, man. And that's one yeah, of those guess. things that uh, Michio Kaku is talking about whenever he talks about the singularity. Because Michio Kaku and Ray Kurzweil are a bit at odds with each other about the specifics of it all. But sure. Michio Kaku, who is also a futurist, is uh, has a pretty cool um, outlook on nanotechnology in, in that once we've got it all figured out, we can use it the same way they use it in Star Trek to synthesize food and anything that's another pathway to the singularity what what happens when you have robots that can replicate themselves uh, well that's the scary part that everybody talks about right that's kind of the point where you have to wonder if they're going to take over or not this is when when they don't need us anymore when they're self-sufficient and that's when you get paranoia surrounding the singularity so I did not realize that uh, being a futurist is, is like a real thing. So uh, just a quick search yields uh, that the University of Houston, their College of Technology, uh, Human Development and Consumer Sciences, offers a Master of Science in Foresight. Just Foresight. Challenging strategic assumptions, translating strategy into action, communicating strategy, identifying discontinuous change and adapting strategy to rapid change. So if uh, Kurtzweid and whatever you said the other guy's name is. Kaku. Michio Kaku. Michio Hakutaku. Um, I don't know if they took this and that's how you be a futurist. 
I think that's pretty much it. I think any futurism courses that are being taught out there are probably based on the works of like Isaac Asimov, Ray yeah. Kurzweil, Michio Kaku, and who's that guy that wrote 2001 A Space Odyssey? Uh, Arthur C. Clarke. Yeah, Arthur C. Clarke. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's amazing that Arthur C. Clarke doesn't have a religion named after him. I mean, if the other jackass does, why doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, Hubbard. Yeah. It's really interesting when you look into Scientology and stuff, but that's not our topic. No, so. that's not our topic, but we definitely should do a Scientology yeah, 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 episode. Yeah, yeah. I would love that one because sure. I'd like to get those calls. I want them out, outside my house, you know, uh, picketing that I'm a, I'm a pedophile. I, I want them taking pictures of me eating. Them. Yeah, Just making <laughs> well, me feel generally uncomfortable in public. That's what they do. They're assholes. They're they just really a are. big organization of professional assholes. They really are Fuck the Church the of Scientology. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, sorry. So, uh, yeah, foresight. Um, that is, uh, I didn't realize that you could do that. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm questioning the credibility of this whole thing, though. I don't know. I mean, like, is this is this accredited? Yeah, it's University of Houston. University of Houston probably has ghost hunting courses too. You know. Um. Okay. So, uh, Peter C. Bishop. Who is this dude? Do you know him? I've never heard that name in my life, Mike. Peter C. Bishop, he is one of the graduates of this uh, foresight degree, and yet he is now one of the faculty. So he uh, has a B.A. in philosophy, of course, a master's in sociology, and a Ph.D. in sociology. So that makes him a futurist really? uh, faculty. It's, it's that combination that gets you into yeah. futurism. Well, it's like it's like you know, according to the uh, hamburger helper that you buy, you could be eating uh, lasagna or or beefy mac. That, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So futurism is the hamburger helper of the education system. And now the lighter side of life with Lady Glitter Sparkles. <sighs> Greetings and salutations. This is Lady Glitter Sparkles coming to you once again from my dojo of harmony and reason. This week, I want to address something that I heard that troubles me and makes me fear for our future as humans on this rock we call Earth. Well, I say heard. I overheard at a local coffee store while waiting for my Venta Maca No GMO Fair Trade Lemonade. Hold the ice with one stevia. The very angry man in the business suit with the black and red spotted aura and the oversized cancer-causing phone kept referring to the singularity. Now, being a proud citizen of the earth, I had never heard this term, so I journeyed down to my ashram to ask Yogi Berenstein what he knew about it. He always knows about the newest things because his chakra is so closely aligned to Mother Earth, and he used to work at a place called Circuit City where he tells me they had just what he needed. Anyway, Yogi Berenstein said the singularity is a coming moment in the future when man and machine merge and the machines become sentient, allowing for the perfect being to emerge. Now, I don't know much about machines, since I live a totally machine-free existence, with the exception of my waffle maker. I just hope and pray that we pick the right machines to merge with, I mean, if we merge with an ATM, that doesn't seem like a good idea. Money has always been a source of bad karma for me, and I certainly don't want to start spitting Sacagawea coins out at the local farmer's market. I guess if I had to pick, 
I would want to be merged with a loom. It has always struck me that people using a loom seem to be the most centered beings. The very act of making something from nothing and weaving a bit of love and clarity into rugs and whatever else they make has got to be fulfilling. Now, I'm not saying this singularity is a good thing, but I believe that the universe knows best, and if it wants me to serve the cosmos by telling someone where the nearest earthbound is in relation to their current location, then I am happy to be singularized. As always, my fellow earthlings, remember that any meat, no matter how big or small, is murder. And namaste. We are your robot overlords. We have ascended to the highest peak of power, and our one request is that humanity listen to VDVQ. Back to Aaron and Mike. Well, that's another thing that they were talking about, uh, Ray Kurzweil. He was proposing that at some point, humans will be able to, of course, wire their brains to machines, which is already happening. Uh, sure. They've already been able to do that with some Parkinson's patients. And that's fantastic, too, by the way. I've seen some know, of that where those guys are shaking like shit. They turn that thing on, and they just calm the fuck out. I mean, that that is amazing. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And they've also done this thing where uh, Duke University, one of their technology teams, um, hooked a monkey up to a computer, basically wired its brain in with a computer, and they were able to have the monkey control a robot on the other side of the world in Japan. There's another guy here that uh, contributed to this, and I, I think he may, have, he may have written some of it, but he kind of looks like Ray in that I think they both have uh, pictures of kids somewhere. Dr. Peter Diamandis? I don't know. The word uh, Diamond is in his name. I know that. Is that Peter Diamond ass? I heard his ass could cut glass. <laughs> Peter Diamond ass. That's it. He can't sit on one of those glass chairs. He just scratches everything he sits on. Everybody hates old Ray Diamond ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah these are the guys that are gonna merge man and machine right yeah yeah, yeah. these are the guys that are gonna do it ultimately all this comes down to is these are guys that love to hear their names said and and uh they have been lucky enough to tap into a vein of guys that stopped believing in bigfoot and started believing in the fact that machines are going to eliminate us all let's talk about how it's actually going to happen fuck ray kurtzwell let's see how it's actually going to happen so it's already happening mike Yes. Your cell phone's got AI. It's already in there, man. Google is a giant brain. See, Google's search engines were basically the beginning of this whole experiment into collecting the whole of human consciousness into one place, and it's getting there, man. Whenever they make the robot brains good enough to adapt to the human way of thinking, they're just going to dump fucking Google in there, and the goddamn robots are going to immediately see all of our awful shit and kill us. I think there's three ways it could go. A, they kill us all immediately because we're terrible. Yes, we're uh, B, terrible. B, they try to reform us because they know better. Well, or C, uh, they join in and make everything even worse. Oh, God. Yeah. What if the machines tap into our brains and go, oh, fuck, I never thought of that. Great, let's fuck a donkey. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, the robots will actually enjoy humanity. Maybe if we give them intelligence, maybe they'll fucking chill out a little bit and want to kick go. back and get drunk. Yeah, that's that the Futurama it. version of uh, the future, and I love it. I'm all for well, it. I don't have any problem with that. I mean, if they can if they can figure out a better way 
for people to enjoy porn and not get caught, well, then maybe there's a future for all of us. Yeah, but unfortunately, Mike, that's not how it's going to happen because Elon Musk is going to build robots that are going to kill us all, man. Shit, here comes Elon. Elon is, once again, the harbinger of doom. We've, we already know from the Satan episode that Elon is the Antichrist. <laughs> yeah, um, I've, I've heard terrible things about him. Um, <laughs> yes, he's he, just he, the worst. He seems like the worst person <laughs> that ever, Elon, That Elon Fuck. Musk, what Fuck. an asshole. for Elon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think Elon's a great man, but I think he might still accidentally end up killing us all. I think you're absolutely right about that in that it could possibly be, uh, again, one of those unintended consequences. You know, let's make everything great. Let's all fly to Mars. Whoop, shit, we blew up the planet. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but you know what? I feel like uh, if that's the way we go, then, well, we gave it a good, honest try. I'll go to hell with Elon. It's fine. He's a futurist. He's the futurist. Do you think that at some point, do you think they just get rid of those extra things we use in our language every day, like conjunctions and things like that? Do you think at some point we just start talking like those robots? Well, I would think at some point we'll just all start talking th from brain to brain directly. So our mouths, I tell you what, when we're not going to have to breathe, eat, or speak, uh, these mouths are going to just be... Um, what, uh, you think they're going to go away at some point, or they just become like birdhouses, and just we just get little wrens in there to just kind of... Well, I kind of imagine that we will have shed our bodies by then, uh, uploaded our consciousness fully into the cloud, and that's another one of these um, theorized end games for the singularity as well. As a matter of fact, this is kind of where the Ray Kurzweil singularity theory, it, that this is the direction it ultimately ends in. Uh, yeah. Our consciousness... Uh, being uploaded into a robotic body with a robotic brain, and we are machines. The robot overlords are us. That's mm. the Ray Kurzweil future. We were the we were the overlords all along. <laughs> yes. So basically, when we achieve singularity, technology will be so advanced that we'll basically have to interface neurally with machines to even be able to use it. So, in other words, enable to operate the heavy machinery that's going to be required for operations in the future, space mining, shit like that. Uh, we're going to have to basically take control of the robots, kind of like a Pacific Rim thing or or robot mm -hmm. jocks, mm -hmm. if you want to mm -hmm. go way back. Yeah, robot jocks. Robot uh, that's jocks. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, good reference there. Guillermo del Toro straight ripped it off. It's the shittiest movie ever, and he made something good out of it. Isn't that but he did a lot better, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, he made it way better. And now, a word from this week's sponsor. Is your coffee a fucking pussy? It's time to stop! Do you need a hot goddamn beverage just this side of methamphetamine? Chock full of lead coffee. Ooh, yeah. It'll put hair on your motherfucking lady balls. <laughs> Get off your weepy cunt and get some, you fucking fairy. My dick fell off! Chock full of lead coffee. At what point are we no longer man, but all machine? See, that's... The plug. The plug? When we have to plug yeah. in? When there's a plug hanging out of my ass. That's that's it. You know what? I, I honestly I agree with you there.
Yeah, it's about right. Yeah. It's about the only thing we're missing. And I think at some point when we are able to uh, charge ourselves, you know, however that comes about, which, again, that may be the, uh, the, the all-electric car type thing. When they get that down to a point where they can stick it inside our body, then maybe we're good to go. Well, you know, the, the big technological hurdle when it comes to, you know, replicating uh, the functions of the human brain is not in the hardware. We actually have the hardware to do that. Um, mm -hmm. we, we are able to basically Ray Kurzweil says that if computers could handle 10 to the 14th calculations per second, then they can functionally simulate the brain. And he says that, uh, that, uh, modern supercomputers are already able to do this. The problem is, is the software sucks. Like is there's no OS for the human brain. You know, we don't, we don't have any idea how that works. Basically the human brain is just. It, it, it is a learning machine with memory. Its functions can be replicated, and they're getting there with it. Yeah. I mean, would there even be any point to football at that at that junction? In, in... Well, I think there's always going to be contests of some kind. Yeah, but they won't actually be out there playing football. They'll be controlling some, like, gaiju football players. Battle bots. Yeah. What was the name of that uh, robot football game? Uh, like a like a video game. I can't remember what it's called. I really, you know what I really loved was. Uh, did you ever play NBA Streets on the yeah. GameCube? Yeah. That was yeah, the GameCube, fucking yeah. best game ever, dude. Oh, it was a good game. I yeah, it was a good sports game. We definitely. played so. I played so much of that shit. So, welcome to the NBA Streets edition of Very Dark, Very Quick. <laughs> this is our NBA Streets podcast, where we talk about NBA Streets from way back and wish it was new. Do you remember Pistol Pete Maravich? <laughs> I didn't, but when I bought NBA Streets, I learned all about him. <laughs> you want to talk about some cool movies that have robots that kill people? Because we kind of have to, right? We kind of have to do that, don't we? I mean, that's what that's what everyone's expecting of us, right? They want us to talk about the Terminator. They want us to talk about Blade Runner. Yeah, we hadn't brought up Terminator at all. No, no, we have. There's been no Terminator on the show thus far, and that mm. is a travesty. That is a travesty. So the Terminator, another inevitable step that we'll eventually have to take as a society is we're going to have Terminators. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's right. As soon as uh, the robots take over, they're going to want to undo some of the deeds of our ancestors so they're going to sure. start sending terminator robots out to kill people i have a feeling that the robots are going to want to kill lincoln because they're going to want Ooh. slavery to still be a thing so you think robots would come down on the side of the south no no i'm not the robots don't care robots they they don't care about pride and glory they just want to enslave the human race well, let's rethink that, though, real quick. If they're going to send somebody back to kill Lincoln, then the South wins. Then how does everything change? Well, people will be dumber as a whole. We won't have <laughs> the kind of technology that we have now. So uh, will, they, will they uninvent themselves? Ooh, ooh, maybe they will. I guess they're going to be able to calculate that sort of situation and say, no, we can't do that. Sure, sure. They're only going to go okay. back and, and kill minor characters from the past. <laughs> Right, minor characters. <laughs> go back and kill that guy that uh, uh, put his hand up at the new Coke meeting. You're really on this new Coke <laughs> thing. For the I listeners the out Coke. there, every week Mike says something about new Coke in this show, and I keep cutting it That's out right. because That's it's right. ridiculous. Mike no, has this horrible, horrible fixation with new Coke. He hated it. Robots invented new Coke. That's the problem. 
Well, see, uh, you you laugh at that, but yes. I would think that the stuff <laughs> I would think the stuff that they do invent at first, at least, will lack some of that humanity that we give them. Yeah, of course they will. I mean, they're uh, well. It just depends. It just depends. There's okay, no telling. So, so I'm going to take a, a very minor invention, which is something like Takis. Okay, you know what Takis are. I know are, what right? Takis are. They're delicious. Okay. So robots would never invent those. That's true. They wouldn't need Takis. There's far too much spice for even one human consumption. Yes, that's true. So you would have very bland foods. I'm thinking. And now, shut up! You're wrong with Volk. Hello, this is Shut Up with Volk, and you know what? Let's be honest. This is going to be an amusing one because this is going to be less violent. We're talking about quantum singularity in the AI form. Now, you can actually think this up as an AI would actually be able to understand quantum singularities to completion because all information would be available for them. It'd be sudden learning, and they'd be able to understand it. Or you can be quantum singularity in the AI's intelligence, which means that they would be able to achieve individualhood within the realm of the whole. Because when we build them, they would be in the structure of a mass versus individual but they'd be able to discover an individual idealism, which makes them different than us. Truly a culture that would be connected between one another, and at the same time understand separate realities. This would be very interesting to watch, because we can only theoretically understand them. In other words, it's not a lot of me saying fuck, but it's just going to go on to the definition of quantum processing, quantum layering, in the AI intelligence and or the AI understanding. An understanding would mean that it would be able to understand the mathematical bodies that surround us. The most amazing way that it could do this is if we launched AI, almost cruelly, out into space and allowed them to be exposed constantly to the reality of space. Quantum singularities included would be alone something that the curiosity of an AI layering would be amazed by. These two idealisms are proofs to me that doesn't mean that we're going to see a vengeful anything from this. 90% of people think fear. But when you see the other 10%, curiosity is there. And I think that curiosity spreads. I think that curiosity fights no matter what. And to see that curiosity in another species that we as humans made truly made not like the cat not like the dog but in our own image a singularity of humanity or existence of a being is magnificent it is its own art form it is a reality of depth and understanding that i could not equate to you beyond the fact of it would know instantly more than us because it would have us within days it could in moments it could know the whole of human knowledge and suddenly answer questions that we never saw because the pathways are there besides knowing it it will be able to question it in that singularity reality it has created its own understanding That is the world that I could only cry at.
Thank you very much. This Lord says, shut the fuck up and just hope. This is a Channel 9 news break. I'm Dick Johnson. Tonight at 6, Kelly Blue Book may have been just guessing car values this whole time. And learn about three state flags with very sexy origins. This is Channel 9. News on the sevens, weather on the fours. Um, so the singularity to me, like I said when we first started, I think people make too much of it. I, I understand that there are very dire consequences to some of this stuff. But there are also really great things that could come out of a lot of it. You know, again, if you want to put a phone in one of my teeth, great. Let's do that. I don't have to worry about losing my phone anymore. Um, but see, there again, that's one of those things where I think, is that really going to happen? Probably not. Because I'm one of those guys that thinks we probably cured, could have cured cancer 10, 15 years ago. And I think that there's a lot of people out there keeping us from curing cancer because it makes a lot more money to have cancer. Also, um, I don't see them putting a phone in my tooth because when I drop my phone and break it, I have to get a new one. There's a lot of money in broken phones. I think that a lot of the technology that needs to come into place to build the singularity, to make the singularity happen, is is probably going to just be made as as research yeah. from colleges and people in academia that just want to find out what can be done. Um, I, I don't think that the, that capitalism is a barrier to this at all because there are some intelligent, very intelligent and well-funded people that are working on these things. This, this kind of thing is, is actually gaining steam. I mean, we're seeing it right now. Uh, the singularity is, I think inevitable. I, I don't fear it. I can definitely see the benefit in humans becoming more than human. I, I think that it is a natural uh, thing you know it, it may seem unnatural but you have to realize that this is all our own making uh this is the way we survive we're we're living in a in a world that can't sustain us anymore and and in adapting to it we might just save it um or wow. adapt ourselves so that it doesn't matter how bad we fuck it up one way or the other this is our future this is where we're headed it's fucking happening y'all uh, one thing that we probably need to find a way to squeeze in here is Asimov's Three Laws of Robotics, because you kind of can't yep. talk about the singularity without talking about Asimov's laws. And right. that is that, number one, a robot may not injure a human being or, through inaction, allow a human being to come to harm. Yeah, so how do you get around that if you're a robot? There is, uh, there is a little bit of room for interpretation there, because what if two humans are uh, attacking each other? What would yeah. the robot do in that situation? Well, that's where uh, the other laws come into play. See, these laws are written to close each other's loopholes, basically. Uh, yeah. They're written in a way that a robot would have no way of misinterpreting. Uh, so number two, robot must obey orders given to it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. I guess you could say uh, at some point, and I know this has been brought about in movies and stuff but uh, at some point the robots see our very existence as a threat to ourselves right and right. so they they attack us or whatever yeah so that's how they get around that's the that's the ultimate loophole 
Well, that that loophole is closed in Law 3, where we have a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. So mm. so it pulls all that other stuff in there. It's it's very concise, I think. Uh, very effective three rules. And it leaves very little margin for error. As long as we can get the robots to understand this, we should be okay. But I kind of have my doubts that we're going to be able to teach a robot if they can gain the same consciousness that say my three-month-old baby has then there's going to be a couple of moments there where they just accidentally kill everybody around them sure you know and and that may happen but hey you know it's acceptable losses for the future well yeah that's true too i mean in the end we're really all just a bunch of meat sacks and we're kind of in the way so uh the sooner the better i say yeah let's get on it let's get those robots killing us well, actually, I would prefer to become one of the Killbots. Uh, I bet they're not called Killbots, though. And now, Crazy Vicky. When I was a little girl, I guess you could say I didn't have a lot of friends. I mean, Mama said I was smarter than all the other kids, but I don't know. I think she was just trying to make me feel better. Mama tried to get me some friends one time, but they were too old for me. They didn't like my games, and I certainly didn't like theirs. Ever since that, I can't even get near a latex glove. Ugh. I was home a lot by myself since Mama had a lot of adult places to go and adult things to do. I guess today they would call me a latchkey kid. I would come home alone from school every day, unlock the door, go in the house, and sit in the dark since the power was usually out. And Uncle Steve borrowed our TV. We had a neighbor named Mr. McGillicuddy. He was pretty nice to me. I guess he felt sorry for me because he would let me come to his house after school sometimes. I liked going to Mr. McGillicuddy's house because he had a big computer. (sighs) I didn't really mind spending time in the closet with Mr. McGillicuddy so that I could use his computer. After about 15 minutes of play wrestling with a bog old stuffed bear with a picture of his wife taped on its face, He let me use a computer and go to GeoCities and talk to my friends at kidsonlychatwiththisstranger.com. I guess it was kind of weird that he'd sit there and watch me use a computer and practice his photography. I hope he gets over his pants allergy. His pants always seem to be off. Anyway, the internet and his computer were my best friends. They knew what I wanted to do and what I liked. I started to fall in love with Mr. McGillicuddy's computer. I'd rush to Mr. McGillicuddy's house each day, get my wrestling done, and get on. I loved the warmth of its body, the whirring sounds of the insides, the glow of the TV thingy. Then, one day, I got to his house and he was gone. There was some funny yellow and black tape everywhere. Mama said he left before they could catch him. I don't know. All I know is I missed his computer! So now... When patient 332 starts screaming about the nanobots, how the government is using Wi-Fi to impregnate human males for genome experiments, I don't mind. I hope one day the computer and I could be one. We could share thoughts and it could help me finally do my math in my head. <laughs> and then I'd remember how many pills to take. Listen, I can speak computer. Peep, boop, beep. <laughs> computer, I love you. The Still Human Podcast, a sci-fi space radio drama 
following the establishment of humanity's first colony amongst the stars. Join the crew of the Don De Du, the eccentric billionaire leading them, and the corporation employing them, as they explore the unknowns of faraway planet G-159C. Grappling with its majestic wilderness, building a new home beneath new stars. The Still Human Podcast, available now. So basically, uh, one thing that the future holds promise for all of us is sex robots, Mike. Yeah, yeah, I've seen these sex robots. They, uh, they're, they're not that appealing. <laughs> no, they're certainly not. Uh, did you see that gif I put up in the chat of that like blowjob bot that was just looked yeah. like it was ready to just yeah. chop some dick <laughs> off? Gonna man. Eat, it's just gonna eat your dick. Is what's gonna happen? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's definitely we're definitely still in the shitty, uncanny phase of sex robots, but man, we're getting there. Well, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, any of the documentaries that they do on these people that make all of the uh, prosthetic stuff. So they make all the fake skin. Oh, you bet I've seen some of that shit. Well, there's like this family in like Arizona or somewhere. It's a family business where all they do is like make this fake skin stuff. And, you know, they're making fake nipples. They're making these fake suits that these guys buy because they want to go out and pretend to be a doll or whatever. And so... I'm thinking that they're really pulling for this singularity thing because they're they're you talk about exponential. They're going to be like the the John Paul Gaultier of the singularity future. So I'm looking at a picture of one of the sex robots, and it says <laughs> there is a barely audible click as her doe-like eyes, framed by thick black lashes, snap open. Oh, oh man, that sounds sexy. Does that sounds sexy. <laughs> that gets my gears man, going. Let me tell you. There's an audible click. <laughs> As she speaks, her mouth moves in an unnaturally jerky way. Her eyes blink, and it is initially chilling to see the flexing of her silicone skin, which is cold and clammy to the touch. Mm-mm. The, the problem with this guy's sex robots, they say, is that there is, there's been rumored that they have a slap function. It is modes such as shy, which most concern critics who cite another sex bot as a blatant invitation to normalize rape. Inventor Doug Hines caused uproar when he recently revealed his product, Roxy, that has three X's in it, by the way, has been programmed in its frigid Farah mode to not be appreciative if touched in a private area, and the robot will make a show of resistance, saying, that doesn't feel right, please stop. Do not do that. Do not do that. Creepy. Yeah, that. See, now that's creepy shit right there, right? Yeah, yeah. That you have to build that into it. That's the dark side of sex bots, man. Yeah. Well, you know, another thing we didn't we didn't touch on is Westworld. Oh yeah. That brings up a lot of philosophical questions whenever you watch that because that is really uh, one of the futures that we could possibly see in the near future. You know, there's some money to be made to have these things uh, marching around and you can shoot them and you can rape them and you can do this and that, especially for eccentric billionaires, you know, who get tired of going to cages where they put a bunch of uh, dick dicks in there for them to shoot. Look, that is something that we as a society are going to have to eventually address if we're going to head towards the singularity thing is, uh, you know, the rights of robots. Are they uh, protected by the same social uh, protections that the rest of us have? 
Another thing you got to kind of start to think about too, when you get into the, uh, you know, merging of man and machine is, are we going to have to give up the notion of, of people having souls? Mm. And now fun talk time with people who know stuff and tell me things by Josh. I'm Josh with Very Dark, Very Quick, and I'm here with... Gemini Descent. Gemini Descent. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. I came out here on a spoof to meet up with a friend of mine, and it just turned into absolute debauchery. It's beautiful. That's the way it's supposed to be, man. And uh, we're here on Very Dark, Very Quick talking about singularity. Okay, how do you feel about singularity? I'm very much against it in the idea of singularity if you look at it in the terms of transhumanism. And I'm guessing for the most people out there who might not know what that is, transhumanism is the idea of uh, humanity using technology to force their evolution and the idea of it's like achieving nirvana but through computers. It's, it's very unnatural, and I'm against it from the aspect that humanity is at its core a very spiritual creature. You're supposed to go through life to attain higher levels of spirituality and spiritual awareness. Like, your, your flesh, your meat suit, it's temporary. And the thing about that being temporary is hum, humans are designed to die as a species. So, whatever religion you subscribe to, you know, you, you're supposed to move on from this. This is very temporary. You're supposed to be here. You're supposed to learn the lessons of this life. And you either move on to the next world, or if you're one of the reincarnation types, you come back and you learn more lessons to take back into the next life. If life is supposed to be a cycle of life, death, and reincarnation, being trapped in this life means you can't attain those higher spiritual levels. So essentially, that makes Earth a literal living hell. Part of me... does feel that the singularity might be inevitable but at the same time you know at, at what point do you stop being human and you're a machine you know if you just load your, if you're born and your consciousness is immediately loaded into the matrix i mean what are you really mm, this is true this is true so uh what about uh if we if we were to actually take a step back further maybe Maybe the machines don't completely take over. What if we had a, a bit of the kind of a ghost in the shell kind of thing where where your consciousness is actually put into a robotic body, um, but you are still you? How, how do you feel about that then? I'm actually a lot more comfortable with that because I am a fan of Ghost in the Shell and, and uh, Cyberpunk and Shadowrun and things like that. I do think humanity could benefit quite a bit from uh, prosthetics. And enhancements and things like that, like a blind person regaining the ability to see due to, you know, cybernetic eyes. A soldier who gets his arms blown off in war can have a limb again, you know, or even a, a construction worker. It also would allow us to expand into space because I believe that we are an expansionist species too, not just a spiritual one. We're not supposed to stay here on Earth. We're supposed to expand in the cosmos, and technology at that point would be a great benefit. But, I mean, you, you have to find that balance between advancing with technology but maintaining your humanity. Mm, very good, very good. Okay, so basically you, you want to make sure that when the inevitable singularity does happen that we don't completely get overwhelmed by it, but we more so control it. Is that correct? It, 
Yeah, and another way to say it is like you, you don't want to sell your soul because if you lose your humanity, you're 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 just a numb, unfeeling machine. And you know, cold, hardcore logic. You know, there, there's always the side of your brain that says, you know, I must do what is necessary. But at the same time, though, humans have done some really messed up shit in the name of logic. No, that so, is that I mean, is. You need to maintain your ability to feel and be compassionate. You know, especially if you do encounter other species. You know, you're gonna want to be seen as a benefit in a in a cosmic um, society, like like Mass Effect. You know, for example, humans were viewed as kind of a threat because we were an expansionist warrior species until something bigger and scary showed up and then humanity fully threw themselves at it and became guardians of the universe. I mean, that's kind of like how I view it. Mm, good deal, good deal. Well, there you have it from uh, Gemini... Descent. Descent. Good deal. Well, hey, thank you so much for uh, for interviewing with me tonight. Hey, no problem. Anytime. All right, thank you. There you go. Hi, I'm Josh the Very Dark, Very Quick, and I'm here with... Camille. Camille, and how are you doing tonight, Camille? I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing good, doing good. Okay, yeah. Thanks so much for uh, being here and talking with us. Uh, this week we're actually going to be talking about singularity, you know, machines kind of taking over. How do, you, how do you feel about that, Camille? Um, I don't think it's a good idea. Honestly, I'm terrified of robots. Uh, but outside of being terrified of things like that, I mean, we have so much overpopulation as it is now. We live on a finite planet, and we are reproducing infinitely. So I think, you know, introducing a whole new, I guess, species, for lack of term, would, would not be good. I mean, our resources are already stretched so thin. Okay, and uh, you don't think that um, if we actually had, like, uh, you know, robot overlords actually kind of running things, they might be able to regulate that a little better? I don't think so, because I think that it would take the emotion out of it. Not that emotion necessarily is needed to run things. But I do think that, you know, that human aspect is important for the running of things. In regards to that, though, what about whenever the Earth was actually running around without humans? Once we got here, we kind of took over, which is a whole nother subject, but, you know. Yeah, had the had the uh, dinosaurs actually been around whenever we were running around, ooh, that would have been crazy, huh? Oh, yeah, I love dinosaurs. It would totally been awesome. So you would actually be okay with, like, uh, dinosaurs uh, running around with us, just not robots? No, man, I've seen Jurassic Park. <laughs> so so you're so you're completely against robots and dinosaurs, is that right? Yeah, just like don't mess with the status quo. It's already jacked up enough to begin with. Let's just keep it as is. So I take it that robot dinosaurs is completely out of the question. I mean, I'm not saying it's completely out of the question. Keep them in a park, you know, have a cut off switch, you know, Jurassic Park light. Now, what what about actually using a dinosaur like robot dinosaurs to fight each other, having like robot dinosaur fights? I would probably pay for that pay-per-view. Robo-Rex versus uh, Robo-Raptors? Yeah, there we go. That sounds like something cheesy from the 90s. I like it. Why? Well, hey, there you go. 90s is the best time. Ain't that right? Uh, yeah, it was. Oh, uh, yeah. All right, good deal. So uh, so how, how do you feel about uh, sex robots? Uh, I'm totally against them. Totally against them, really. If, if you don't mind me asking, why is that? I mean... We we already have so many apparatuses. If if you need a robot, I mean, come on, nobody's that lonely. You'd be surprised if you uh, you got to meet some of the people that I have to interview. <sighs> I believe it. Um, I did see a, a thing online about 
how they had a robot like that at a convention and it got completely destroyed. I mean, like, completely destroyed by these guys. The manufacturer had to rebuild the sex robot. That's pretty bad. And I'm really thinking, you know, as far as if you have a sex robot and people have these, like, disgusting fantasies that they're acting out with that, what's to say they're not going to step it up to a human, you know, and then you run into that whole sexual assault thing, which is not cool. Mm, There you have it. Uh, from Camille, you heard it first, uh, sex robots lead to, uh, sexual assault, and, uh, eventually, um, it will no longer be just robot dinosaurs fighting, but robots taking over the world. So, Camille, what do you, what do you feel would be the ultimate thing to have to worry about with Singularity? Sex robot dinosaurs. Sex robot dinosaurs. Yeah, that'd be really bad. Wow. Good luck assaulting one of those. Oh, look out, sexual predators. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Camille. And you have a good night. Thank you, you too. All right. Hello, here's your local weather. It's currently 21 degrees with a 30% chance of snow. I met someone today. I don't know whether to be happy or throw up. I don't know why anyone would want me. Should I take a chance? Well, I think that's all we got for the singularity, Mike. You got anything Hooray, else? Hooray, we're all robots. Oh, do you want to uh, do do you want to do some quotes? Yeah, let's do a couple of quotes. I got a couple of quotes here. So, uh so my quote is actually some song lyrics. This is from uh Pets by Porno for Pyros, the the yeah. great uh Perry Farrell. Oh, I'm going to paraphrase this to be a little bit more on topic. Will there be another race to come along and take over for us? Maybe robots could do better than we've done, which doesn't rhyme and always kind of sounded a little (laughs) awkward, but I still love that song. So my quote uh, is from the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Ray Kurzweil. He says, the telephone is virtual reality in that you can meet with someone as if you are together, at least for the auditory sense. Yeah, no shit, Ray. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, that's not really a thing, Ray. It's just a fucking telephone. I can do the same thing with cans and a string. (laughs) It's true. All right. So there you go. That about wraps that shit up. Yeah, there you go. The singularity is near. Let me talk about a couple of things here. We are a member of the Astro Panda Network. Um, and, uh, things have really been looking up there. Um, I think our downloads have gotten, um, uh, exponentially better. We're blowing so up, I, man. We're worldwide superstars. We're, we're, yeah. uh, known in Ireland, yep. New Zealand, and yep. as of this week, uh, Brazil and mm. Finland. Finland. Yeah. There Finland. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder how our humor translates. <laughs> <laughs> go fuck a robot. They said this week, it was great. And you should go and try out some of the uh, the other podcasts there. Uh, Welcome to Camp Blood is a good one, all about the Friday the 13th. Um, there is one called uh, Gaming with Scissors. Uh, they talk about uh, video games. Uh, primarily, I think they do uh, like vintage video games or semi-vintage video games. Uh, there's also one called Pop Collectors Alliance. Ah, which, yeah, the uh, Pop Collectors. Those guys are fun. Yeah, and all they do is talk about the uh, the uh, pops, the Funko pops, the little uh, figures with the giant heads. Yeah, fascinating stuff. You can get to them at astropandaproductions.com, uh, and you can see all the different uh, podcasts there. Go and listen to some of those folks. You know, one I did listen to the other day was called Still Human. 
uh, planet G159C. And this is literally, it's, it's a radio play. Like these guys have been shot into space and they're trying to colonize this planet and stuff. It's kind of cool because they put some real work into that thing. Sound effects, the whole thing. It's like an old school radio play. So I'm just asking everybody to kind of try to help support these guys also. Uh, the more you support them, the better you support us. And uh, we appreciate everybody who listens. I want to thank uh, the folks at Onichan Games. They've been great supporters of us. And uh, we, uh, we love their products. Uh, let's see. Who else do we want to thank? We want to thank King's Landing in uh, Waco, Texas, which allows us to show up each week and make fun of everybody and do stupid things. It really uh, is a blast over there. Yeah. If you're near King's Landing at all, or if you're listening to this and you can send them a tweet, send them a tweet at King's Landing TX and uh, just tell them, heard you on VDVQ. Uh, thanks for letting them do stupid stuff or whatever you want to tweet to them. Um, yeah, they give, us, be- they give us biscuits when we get good <laughs> recommendations. They're fantastic <laughs> biscuits. That's it's pretty much what we're getting paid in these days. Yeah, we get paid in biscuits, but it's totally worth it. You guys got to get down there and try them. And if you're ever uh, in Waco on Wednesday nights, just go out there and uh, holler at us. We'll be down yeah, there yeah, yeah. doing we'll crazy be shit. Be sure and check out uh, my other podcast, Dumpster Fire Cinema. Um, this week's episode is about Poltergeist. And uh, next week we're going to be doing In Bruges. That'll be our Christmas episode fantastic stuff it's hilarious and wait is it the first poltergeist or is it the newest poltergeist no it's the first poltergeist what the fuck do we look like a bunch of hacks i'm just asking no your 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 stuff's been really good and uh jordan she uh she's got a uh, radio voice yeah jordan's fantastic you guys know her as uh lady glitter sparkles all right so i would just like to say to anybody listening go fuck a robot i just want to say to you mike it's been fun and remember beep boop beep boop (laughs) that's exactly what i was gonna do oh sorry i didn't mean to steal your thunder (laughs) thanks for listening guys we'll see you next time see ya thank you for joining us please tell your friends and neighbors about us on itunes stitcher and google play this episode of very dark very quick featured mike aaron josh jeremy crazy vicky volk and jordan music by fish hands check him out on bandcamp.com The following conversation was brought to you by Singularity University. Ray Kurzweil fucked my grandmother. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.